Hello and welcome back to Global Value. In today's video, we're performing a fundamental stock analysis of Kinder Morgan Inc, ticker symbol KMI. We're looking at Kinder Morgan today as a continuation of looking at oil and natural gas businesses. Currently, Kinder Morgan is trading for $18.21 per share. We're recording this video while the market is open, so their share price will likely be changing by a small amount during our analysis. Over the last year, their stock price is up 12.5%. Over five years, their stock price is basically flat. They're only up 1%. And going back to when the business was publicly listed, Kinder Morgan stock price is down 40%. Although their actual return to shareholders has been much better than this, Kinder Morgan currently pays out a 6.2% dividend yield, and they paid out dividends throughout this time period as well. So their average dividend yield would be in addition to this compound annual return. So Kinder Morgan is currently trading about $2 off of their 52-week high. They're about $3 above their 52-week low. Kinder Morgan has not had a lot of volatility in their stock price so far this year. A little over 1% of their shares outstanding are currently sold short, and they're a very large business. They have a $41 billion market cap. So for more background about the company, Kinder Morgan is one of the largest midstream energy firms in North America, with an interest in or being an operator on about 83,000 miles of pipeline and over 140 storage terminals. The company is active in the transmission, storage, and processing of natural gas, crude oil, refined products, natural gas liquids, and carbon dioxide. The majority of Kinder Morgan's cash flows stem from fee-based contracts for handling, moving, and storing fossil fuel products. Kinder Morgan Inc. was founded in 1936 and is headquartered in Houston, Texas. So for our fundamental analysis today, we are performing the Select 6 analysis, taking a checklist-style approach of six standard financial metrics to come to a holistic and beginning understanding of Kinder Morgan based off of their business fundamentals. So this analysis is still a work in progress, and it's an opportunity to learn in public, so it will continue to improve and get better over time. With that said, let's get right into today's analysis. Starting things off with metric number one, we want their average return on capital over the last five years to be above 14%. So there are two key reasons for this. The first is that the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. And the second is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is likely to return approximately what its underlying business returns. And these business returns are going to be captured here by return on capital. Kinder Morgan has earned steady returns on capital that haven't fluctuated too much over the previous five years. They ended 2021 with about a 7% return on capital, and over their last 12 months, they're only earning about 6% returns on capital. When we average out their returns on capital over these five fiscal years, Kinder Morgan's only earning about a 5.5% return on capital, so their returns on capital are below those of a typical business, so they're not coming close to that 14% benchmark we're looking for, and so this is an X to start things off on metric number one. Next up for metric number two, here we're taking a high-level overview of the growth of their business, so we're looking for revenues, net incomes, and free capital cash flow growth over the last five years. This metric is all or nothing in nature. Either all three of these are going to be up for this to be a check, or if even one of them is down, this entire metric will be an X. So over this time, Kinder Morgan has grown their revenues by about 40%. They had a sharp decline in revenues from 2019 to 2020, and since the COVID-19 pandemic, their revenues have rebounded. Their earnings are up over this period as well, although maybe not as dramatically as what it looks like here on first glance. In 2017, they had a $1.9 billion income tax expense, which was significantly above the amount that they paid in these other years. Even still, up to present day, their earnings are up over this period, and probably most important of all is that their free cash flows have nearly doubled over the last five years. 
This is great because free cash flow is really the lifeblood of any business. A business can use its free cash flows to buy back shares, pay down debt, make acquisitions, reinvest back in the business, or pay dividends. Ultimately, a business's abilities to produce free cash flows now and until judgment day, discounted back by some reasonable interest rate, is what that business is going to be worth. So it's great to see that they've had such strong free cash flow growth over this time. Kinder Morgan has also had decent growth in their revenues and their net income, meaning that all three of these are up. And this is our first check today on metric number two. Next up for metric number three, here we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in the business by looking at Kinder Morgan on a per share basis. So we're looking for earnings per share growth over the last five years. We learned in the previous metric that their earnings are up over this time. However, earnings are just the numerator in this earnings per share equation. So we want to look at what they've done in terms of their shares outstanding, whether they've issued new shares or whether they've been repurchasing shares over this time. Likely a good thing for long-term investors, but Kinder Morgan has only diluted existing shareholders by about 1% over the last five years. With not a lot of volatility in their stock price, the business has not been either issuing or repurchasing shares over this period, meaning that their earnings per share are going to depend almost entirely on their earnings in this case. And because their earnings are up, their earnings per share are up as well. So this is another check here on metric number three. Then next up, metric number four is going to be very similar. Here we're looking for free cash flow per share growth over the last five years. Again, which is very, very slight shareholder dilution over this period and strong free cash flow growth that they've almost doubled their free cash flows over the last five years. This is a check on metric number four. It is good to see that even though they've had volatility in terms of their earnings, Kinder Morgan has produced solid free cash flows that have grown cumulatively over this period. And they've had much less volatility and much more stable growth in their cash flows overall. To recap where we stand currently through our first four metrics, we have three checks and only one X so far for Kinder Morgan. Then next up for metric number five, here we're evaluating how the business is utilizing debt. We don't want to be investing in overly levered businesses because during economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are going to be at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. Typically here, we want their net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments to be below the amount of free cash flow that they produced over the last five years. Kinder Morgan as a midstream company is likely going to have quite a bit of debt. This is because gas, transportation, and storage tends to be pretty stable business overall. And as we mentioned previously, a lot of their pipeline usage is contracted. So their cash flows tend to be pretty reliable and they're able to be projected with a fair degree of accuracy, especially relative to other types of business. Kinder Morgan ended 2021 with $32.5 billion worth of net debt. They brought this down slightly over the last year or so, and currently they have $31.5 billion worth of net debt. So they've been continuing the trend of reducing their net debt position. However, at the same time, Kinder Morgan has only earned about $11.6 billion worth of free cash flow over the last five years. This is less than a third of the net debt that the business has employed, meaning that this is going to be an X on metric number five, as the business is utilizing quite a bit of debt. Again, because of the specifics of their business and the type of business and industry that they're in, this might not be as much of a concern as it would be for some other companies. But a large part of understanding Kinder Morgan is going to be understanding their debt profile in more detail, which you'd be able to do by diving into the company's filings. Either way, though, this is an X on metric number five. And through our first five metrics, we have three checks and two X's. Then our sixth and final metric, the big metric of them all, we want their average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this might give us a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. 
and potentially give us another reason to be interested in Kinder Morgan. We're using their total enterprise value because it takes into account both their market cap and their net debt position, and it's gonna give us a picture of the economic reality of the business that's gonna be more similar to as if Kinder Morgan were a private company. So Kinder Morgan currently has about a $74 billion total enterprise value, and we learned that over the last five years, they produced about $11.6 billion worth of free cash flow. This means that in an average year, they're producing about $2.3 billion worth of free cash flow. So when we divide their $2.3 billion of their average free cash flow by their $74 billion total enterprise value, that gives us an average free cash flow to enterprise value yield of about 3.1%. So unfortunately, that's below the yield of the 10-year treasury, and that's also below that 5% risk premium we're ideally looking for. So this is an X on an average basis here for metric number six. Something to be aware of as well is that over their last 12 months, Kinder Morgan has produced $2.8 billion worth of free cash flow. So to get a current free cash flow to enterprise value yield for the business, when we divide their $2.8 billion of their last 12 months of free cash flow by their $74 billion total enterprise value, that gives us about a 3.8% current free cash flow to enterprise value yield. That's more in line with the yield of the 10-year treasury, although again, that's still below that 5% we're ideally looking for. Even though this is off from our desired risk premium on both a current and an average basis, here. Just because metric number six is an X doesn't mean you're going to throw out this business in its entirety. This analysis is meant to be beginning and holistic in nature, and even though these metrics are simple, when combined together, they can be very powerful. Then here we're looking at Kinder Morgan's dividend profile. So Kinder Morgan currently pays out a 6.2% dividend yield, which is four times better than that of the yield of an S&P 500 ETF right now. However, people make mistakes all the time by blindly chasing dividend yields, so it's important to stop and look at the underlying fundamentals of a business and to determine whether that company's dividends are well supported either by their earnings or their free cash flows, depending on the type of business. For Kinder Morgan, we want their dividends to be supported by their free cash flows, and that was the case in all five of these years, although they are paying out a very significant portion of their cash flows as dividends each and every year. Given their very high dividend payout ratio, their ability to increase their dividends into the future is going to depend almost entirely on their free cash flows. And it looks like what we've learned so far is that the business is pretty much using all of their free cash flows and allocating that to their dividends and to slightly paying off their debt over time. So even though this is a snapshot of the past five years and past performance is not necessarily an accurate predictor of future performance, it seems likely that Kinder Morgan would continue paying out a very significant portion of their cash flows as dividends now and likely into the future as well. Then everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Kinder Morgan, and that's using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair value for the business. So a discounted cash flow model is just like any other model in any other discipline. Its outputs are going to be sensitive to its inputs. So starting with their current free cash flows per share, and then using historical growth assumptions based off how Kinder Morgan has grown their book value since becoming a publicly listed business. While this isn't going to be perfect for a growth assumption here, because they're such an asset heavy business, it's likely a decent approximation of how the business will likely perform. However, it's up to you to do your own homework here to determine whether or not these are going to be potentially accurate and applicable assumptions going forward to give us a baseline projection estimate for Kinder Morgan over the next 20 years. Assuming their free cash flow stay flat over the next 10 years, and then assuming a terminal stage for the business for the 10 years out after that, where their free cash flows decline at a rate of 2% annually, if we add in their tangible book value today, and you are seeking a 10% rate of return, then it looks like a fair value for the business is right around $16 per share. 
So keep in mind a couple of caveats here. One is that there are a number of reasons why this might not be potentially accurate going forward for the business. So again, that's really where it's going to be up to you to dive deeper and learn about the business. Number two is that this discount rate would be including their dividend yield, so we would not be doubly counting dividends here. So more than half of this 10% return would be coming from their dividend payouts alone, so their stock price would only be compounding at a rate of about 3.8% annually if this is applicable. From today's valuations, it looks like you could reasonably expect about a 7.5% rate of return from Kinder Morgan. So again, the majority of this would be coming from their dividend yield, and their stock price would likely not be doing a whole lot over the next 20 years or so if these assumptions are accurate. Please be mindful that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with the properly licensed and registered legal and financial professionals. So in just a minute, we'll talk about a recap for Kinder Morgan, but we have to address something first. What are some of the qualitative aspects of this business, especially those around a potential long or a potential short thesis for the company? So starting with some of the key points around a potential long thesis for Kinder Morgan, number one, after paying down $12 billion of debt since 2015, Kinder Morgan now has the financial flexibility to invest in growth projects, raise their dividend, and repurchase stock. Number two, the Kintrex and related RNG deals show that Kinder is willing to aggressively pursue clean energy efforts, putting it well ahead of most of its peers. And number three, Kinder Morgan's natural gas midstream footprint is unrivaled in North America, potentially giving it high return investment opportunities as gas supply and demand fundamentals shift. Then for some of the key points around a potential short thesis of the company, number one, to a large extent, Kinder's liquid natural gas growth prospects depend on China's growth. Number two, selling the Trans Mountain Pipeline and exiting Canada eliminates regular and political risks, but takes away growth opportunities for Kinder. And number three, Kinder has yet to pursue stakeholder partnerships for new pipeline projects like its large Canadian peers have done, which could help improve stakeholder relations. So hopefully that offers a balanced perspective around some of the key points around a potential long or short thesis for the company. Now let's get into our recap. So in summary, Kinder Morgan checks the box on three out of six far metrics. They're earning average returns on capital that are slightly below that of an average business. They've grown their revenues and earnings modestly over the last five years, and they've significantly increased their free cash flows. At the same time, they've kept their shares outstanding pretty much flat, and they've managed to repay a lot of their debt dating back all the way to 2015. That's something that the business will likely continue doing as well. However, based off the nature of the business, they're using quite a bit of leverage compared to their current free cash flows. And both on an average and a current basis, comparing their free cash flows to their enterprise value yield does not look like it's currently giving us that adequate risk premium we'd ideally be seeking in comparison to the yield of the 10-year trend. Then looking at their dividend profile with their 6.2% dividend yield, Kinder Morgan has paid out the vast majority of their free cash flows as dividends over this time, and it seems like that's something that'll likely continue now and into the future for the business. Finally, performing a discounted cash flow analysis of Kinder Morgan, if you've done the work and you believe those historical growth assumptions, then it looks like from today's valuations, you could reasonably expect about a 7.5% rate of return going forward for Kinder Morgan. Again, the vast majority of that return would come from their dividend yield. And there are a number of reasons why that wouldn't be potentially applicable for the business going forward. So it's worth reiterating that this type of analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. And before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with your financial advisor. This analysis instead serves as a beginning and holistic understanding to help you determine whether it's worth your time and energy to dig in and learn more about Kinder Morgan. One resource that will definitely help you stay up to speed with what's going on in the market and help you learn more about the business is Seeking Alpha. Checking out Seeking Alpha directly supports the channel as I'm part of their affiliate program. So most of you probably know Seeking Alpha as a source of community written articles on different stocks. But over the past little while, they've actually become a lot more than that with their new offering, which is Seeking Alpha Premium. 
Premium has a number of different features where you can track buy, hold, and sell ratings on your favorite stocks. These ratings are from the Seeking Alpha community, Wall Street analysts, and Seeking Alpha's algorithm. You can see earnings call transcripts, investor presentations, SEC filings, and press releases all in one place. You can add your own margin of safety targets and get alerts for when your favorite stocks hit that level. You can get unlimited access to Seeking Alpha articles, and you can tailor your rating experience based on the type of investor you are. You can get 10 years of financial data on any stock to help you with your analysis. You can also import your portfolio into your Seeking Alpha dashboard to make research easier. And if that didn't convince you, the best thing is that an annual plan is only 99 bucks. That's only 27 cents per day through my referral link down in the description below. Normally premium is $239, but they are currently running a general offer for $119. But if you use my link, it's only 99 bucks. So check it out if you're interested. So as a value investor, you're ultimately trying to conduct this research as if you're going to own 100% of a business, and you can truly understand the ins and outs of that company and understand its underlying essence, knowing what's important and what's not important for the business going forward. So through this deeper research, you'll learn more about the qualitative and quantitative aspects of Kinder Morgan, and you'll likely be able to determine for yourself what a reasonably appropriate intrinsic value for the company will be. So with that said, that's it for today's fundamental stock analysis of Kinder Morgan Inc. Again, we were looking at the business as a continuation of looking into a number of different oil and natural gas companies and looking at a lot of these energy businesses as a whole. It doesn't hurt that Kinder Morgan has a 6.2% dividend yield, which is massively above what a typical business is paying out right now. So if you learned something from today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, and comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Kinder Morgan with me, and have a great day.